This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today, another shutdown to grain exports to the lower mainland because of heavy rain in B.C. We also have a wrap-up of aggravation. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers is worried about a possible strike or lockout next week at the Cargill Beef Plant in High River, Alberta. We talk with meteorologist Terry Lang about this week's mild weather. And Protein Industries Canada discusses a new million-dollar project at the Food Industry Development Centre in Saskatoon. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Another major disruption to West Coast grain movement due to weather. Both railways have stopped service as of yesterday as a precaution while the latest rain event continues. Service to the lower mainland was shut down two weeks ago after heavy rains and mudslides, but resumed last week. The general manager of the Alberta Wheat and Barley Commission, Tom Steve, has the latest information. Sunday, November 28th, both railways shut down service into Vancouver just out of a sense of caution uh, because of continuing rain. There had been some traffic getting through on the CP side starting about last Tuesday, the 23rd, and CN on the 27th, which was Saturday, was uh, actually starting to move some trains through the uh, the corridor. And uh, But that's been halted again just simply because of the increase again in the precipitation. Uh, not because of any additional mudslides or anything, uh, but I think just out of a sense of caution. Last week's trains were moving at only 10 miles an hour in some serious areas. Steve says the October, November, December period is critical for prairie grain movement. Just to put it into context, I guess, uh, um, you know, farmers have uh, experienced a serious drought. Uh, cash flow issues are going to come into uh, force here over the course of the winter. So we didn't need this. Um, and, um, you know, it's going to take a long time to catch up on the, the volumes that are both in position in Vancouver and are trying to get to Vancouver. And uh, that's uh, the challenge. I mean, there was some modest unloads last week into the port of Vancouver. So, you know, 23 cars on the, the 24th, 200 cars on the 25th, 360 76 cars on the 26th, but that, again, is just a fraction of um, the inventory that's in place. And on the other end of it, you have uh, ships that are, you know, in position in English Bay or right into the port uh, that are waiting to be loaded. And so 
there is a serious backlog that is uh, unfolding in the country and to the port of Vancouver. Steve expects farmers may soon be asked to hold back on grain deliveries as elevators on the prairie start to fill up. I think that's just starting to unfold uh, in terms of uh, what the impact is at the country level, but certainly, um, you know, uh, companies are going to be restricting deliveries if uh, if the pipeline is full, uh, um, and um, there's a backlog both at port and on route to the port. So uh, I don't think we've quite seen the full impact of that yet. And with a smaller crop too, it's you know maybe not as much of a backlog as we would have experienced say in 2013-14 when we had a record crop um, you know we're um, depending on the estimates that you um, subscribe to we you know our, our crop is about 60 percent of um, of historical uh, normal um, the the problem is is that farmers are unable to convert the crop that they do have into cash and that's going to be a a challenge going forward. Tom Steve is the general manager of the Alberta Wheat and Barley Commission. There were some outstanding sales at last week's Canadian Western Agribition. The week-long show wrapped up on Saturday. CEO Chris Lane says there were several high-priced animals. Lane says attendance is not expected to reach last show's 121,000 due in part to no school tours and the impact of COVID-19 on travel. Well, I think it's probably, I'm not sure it'll be where we left off in 2019, but I think what we're seeing is is lots of the conversations with the exhibitors and the people who are here is a really engaged attendance. So, um, you know, when the people who are coming to the gate, they're really involved and engaged in what's happening at the show. So... Uh, exhibitors like that lots of lots of people are getting business done and 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 sales are being made so you know I think the 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 quality and the quantity of people coming to agribition is just phenomenal given everything that's going on and uh, it sets us up really well for 2022 how about sales this year how have they gone Sales are going really well, and on the cattle side of things, uh, averages are, are high, considerably higher than what they were in 2019, so I think that shows the strength of the business, and I think uh, at a show like Agribition, when you have the quality of products on display uh, in the auction ring, yeah, there's value attached to that, and that's what we're seeing. Give me a few sale highlights, high price, uh, that kind of thing, uh, uh, where they've gone to offshore. Yeah, we've sold uh, genetics through the week to places like, uh, you know, South America and Australia and the United Kingdom uh, and, and, you know, some to the U.S. too. So Canadian genetics traveling the world starting at Agribition, that's a tradition and that continues this week. High sellers are, you know, well into the tens of thousands of dollars, uh, 50, 60, 70, even some broaching $80,000 for some of these high sellers. So they're really strong prices. Again, quality animals, quality genetics. There's a, there's a market for that and people are excited about what's on display here. COVID-19, what impact? Well, uh, obviously, operationally, that's a significant impact. We've spent a lot of time working on a plan to, uh, you know, everything from vaccine checks and, and testing, off-site testing sites, um, to, you know, masking signage and information here too. So it'll have some impact for sure. I think, you know, agribition is not immune to anything that's going on in the world. Um, international travel, probably uh, restricted. Um, so we'll see more online participation from our international guests than in person this year. 
uh, and the education program too. That was something that wasn't part of Agribition this year uh, because of COVID-19. So lots of changes, lots of operational uh, layers to add on to the show to be able to do it in a safe way. But you know, the fact that we were able to work within that and work together to make sure that we could do the event in a way that that still allowed the business of agriculture to happen, I think is a real victory. Have you been happy with this year's show? You know, Jim, I uh, uh, I don't think I have been happier or prouder of a show in my time at Agribition than what we're seeing here today. How many years? Uh, this will be my uh, fifth show. So I was I started here in 2016 and uh, lots of different experiences through those years. Never thought we'd be, be coming through something like this, but yeah, we, between the volunteers and the directors and the staff and everybody who takes part in Agribition, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's one for the record books this year. And this year there were over 100 visitors from over 20 countries at the show. In previous years, foreign visitors have reached 1,000. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca Saskatchewan cattle producers are closely watching a labor dispute at the Cargill beef plant in High River, Alberta. Workers rejected a contract offer last week and have set a strike date of next Monday. Cargill responded with a lockout notice for next Monday. The two sides are expected to resume talks early this week. Both are hoping to avoid a work stoppage. The president of the Saskatchewan stock growers, Kelsey Alford, says a labor dispute would be devastating. This is an absolute blow to the cattle industry in, in Saskatchewan and in Canada if this does go through. Cargill processes 36% of the animals that are processed in Canada. And right now there's a lot of call animals that are going to town. That means the volume is up and they need a place to go. And if this plant ceases operations for even a day, that impacts the market and impacts people's livelihood. And we, we can't have that. This is, a, this is a terrible blow to the cattle industry. So you're worried about a backlog then? Uh, I'm worried about a backlog. I'm worried about truck supply because those animals still have to go somewhere, which means they'll probably go south, which means the ones that are being marketed up here won't uh, have adequate transport. I'm worried about market price. It's a ripple effect. This whole industry is is, uh, always in motion, and, and each part needs to keep moving, especially the packing and processing facilities. What impact would this really have on markets and the the backlog? What impact? It'll immediately have a depressed impact, and depending on how long uh, how long the lockout or, or a pending strike lasts, will depend on um, on how long the depressed market will last. This is something, though, that both sides are trying to reach an agreement. You're, are you? They sound some optimism. How about yourself? That's the only thing that we can be optimistic on. Um, it's out of our hands, and so we're holding our breath, hoping that they come to an uh, uh, agreement that works on both sides for both both parties so that it doesn't have a ripple-down effect to the primary producers that are essentially providing them work to do. This is something that happened a year ago just because of COVID-19. There was a shutdown at this plant. There was quite an impact then. There, yeah, absolutely. There was uh, the backlog on finished cattle. You know, it took months to get through that supply, and it impacted the uh, market immediately, and market the market recovered uh, after a time. 
but with their processing capacity, it's it's so hard to send those animals to uh, another place when there's three major packers in this country that process most of the cattle, and when one of them shuts the doors, its effects are far-reaching. Next Monday is the strike lockout deadline for the Cargill beef plant in High River, Alberta. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Hey, Kara Oosterhouse here with realagriculture.com. I am here today with another Pulse School episode, and I have here with me Sarah Anderson, who is the agronomy manager with Saskatchewan Pulse Growers. How's it going today? Good, thanks. How are you? Good. So we are here today. It has been, no doubt, a dry, dry, dry year across the prairies. And one of the considerations now that the season, the growing season's over, is next year and herbicide carryover. Do you want to talk a bit about what producers need to be looking out for when it comes to carryover? Yeah, I think producers really need to, yeah, first be aware that uh, the 2021 growing season was... Um, you know, renowned for for its drought characteristics. And so that is going to put a little bit more pressure on herbicide carryover in general. So growers should look to understanding what active ingredients were applied um, and what crops may be sensitive to uh, to carryover. Um, so if they're going to plant back into those fields the following year, um, what particular crops may have some some issues or be more prone to, to injury because of that. So that could come from referring to the label. Um, this year we maybe also have some instances where uh, crops that normally would uh, still retain uh, safe recrop uh, back on that label, there may be some additional um, warnings or considerations that the manufacturers might want you to keep an eye out for. So checking with the, the manufacturers is a, is a good uh, rule as well. So when it comes to looking at making our plans for next year, why are pulse crops especially susceptible to herbicide carryover? Why do we really need to be watching out for them? Yeah, I think they can be fairly sensitive to herbicide carryover in general. Again, that's going to depend on what herbicides we're considering so it's not a blanket statement and you know pulses are always sensitive to what was applied the season before but I think there is a good case to be made that pulses can be sensitive to a wide variety of um, active ingredients across different groups so we have to keep you know more than just one uh, herbicide group on our radar. Now, when obviously it's different, like you said, we can't blanket statement them, but how long can some of these herbicides actually stay in your soil? How many years back do you have to be paying attention? Yeah, it, again, it uh, depends on the persistence of the specific active ingredient uh, within that herbicide product. So some active ingredients are broken down fairly quickly, while others may persist for you know a longer period of time under relatively the same soil conditions. Um, relative speed at which a soil residual herbicide is broken down will also depend, you know, largely on the soil conditions themselves. And and that's because um, microbial degradation is one of the major pathways for herbicide breakdown. And microbial activity, of course, is higher when soils are relatively warm or relatively moist. So herbicide breakdown is gonna, you know, generally happen a little bit faster under those uh, circumstances. 
Soil properties as well, um, such as soil pH and soil organic matter, may influence how long a certain active ingredient resides in the soil. So it's not, you know, a black and white um, how how long this number of months. We have guidelines, of course, um, but conditions are really going to influence how long back we need to go. It's been a fairly open fall in most of the prairies. How, how does that impact, uh, like you said, residue and uh, how it can carry over to next year? Yeah, so it's, you know, those later rains that that we were maybe getting sort of during harvest timing, I would say is generally a good thing from a herbicide carryover uh, standpoint. That said, it might not be enough to overcome the drought conditions of sort of the in-season, yeah, in-season growing conditions. So generally we look at rainfall accumulation between June 1st and August 31st, and that's you know, really for a, for a few different reasons, but um, one of the factors is how warm those soils are. So as we get into the shoulder parts of the season, into the fall, or even right right now, um, the expectation is that that soil temperature has dropped, and therefore microbial degradation. Even if the soils are receiving moisture at this point, um, they may be quite slow. Right, as our soils are dropping below 10 degrees, it's just not enough warmth to uh, to sustain high levels of microbial uh, activity. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Partly cloudy today, 30% chance of showers early this afternoon. Wind northwest 20, gusting to 40. The high, plus 4, the low, minus 8. Wind chill, minus 11 overnight. Tomorrow, cloudy, 60% chance of flurries in the morning and risk of freezing rain. Clearing in the afternoon, wind south 20. The high plus 5, tomorrow the low plus 1. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high plus 5, the low minus 5. Thursday, cloudy, the high minus 1, the low minus 9. Friday, partly cloudy, the high minus 6, the low minus 13. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high minus 8, the low minus 12. Sunday, Partly cloudy, the high minus 7. Normal high is minus 5, the normal low minus 16. The sun rose at 8.35 this morning. It sets at 4.59 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Maple Creek and Cornac, both at plus 8. The cold spot up north, Uranium City, at minus 17. Estevan is plus 5. Saskatoon, plus 2. Swift Current, plus 3. Weyburn, plus 5. Yorkton is plus 2. Regina cloudy and plus 3, that's 37 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northwest at 15. Humidity, 82%. The barometer rising, 101.5. Cloudy and moose jaw, plus 5. Winds are from the west at 21. Once again, Regina cloudy and 3, that's 37 Fahrenheit. 
back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, mcdougalauctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Unseasonably mild weather is expected to continue this week across southern Saskatchewan. Environment Canada meteorologist Terry Lang says farmers can expect some unusual weather in the coming month. Well, uh, while BC gets soaked with their atmospheric rivers, um, the downside on, on the other side of the mountains that comes down in Chinooks into Alberta uh, and really warms up, and we're getting the benefit of that when we're in a southwesterly flow or a westerly flow um, in the upper atmosphere, that always brings us warmer than average temperatures. And all the weather systems are going through the north, and uh, that also puts us into the warm part um, on the other side of the jet stream. So that's that's what we're benefiting from. Doesn't usually La Nina mean uh, more unsettled bad weather? Not necessarily. Uh, we have a strong correlation uh, with strong El Nino events. We know that strong El Nino events bring us warmer than average winters and drier than average winters, but it's not the case with La Nina. It, sometimes it can bring us colder than average and stormier than average, but sometimes it, it, it doesn't. Like last year was a La Nina uh, winter, and that wasn't outstandingly cold and, uh, you know, above average precipitation either. There's lots of other things going on this year, it seems. Arctic Ocean still is uh, open. It's not frozen over yet, so there's still a lot of warmth coming from that, and that can offset the jet stream quite a bit. And just uh, sort of uh, the way the weather pattern is, yeah, I don't know if Lenina is going to make an appearance. And often it happens later on in the winter, and we still haven't started winter, meteorological winter yet. It starts December 1st. Astronomical winter doesn't start till the third week of December, so we're still not into winter yet. And often Lenina winters kick in a little bit later on. So what is the outlook for December and into the rest of the winter? Well, we're going to get the official word. Uh, I think tomorrow uh, we're going to get our briefing and we'll see what they have to say. Uh, But at this time, it's calling for above average temperatures or near average temperatures for the prairies. They are still indicating that there is supposed to be above average precipitation over the southern um, parts of the prairies over Alberta and Saskatchewan. Uh, but we'll see if that uh, comes to fruition. You hate to promise something like that, especially after it's been so dry for so long. And the rest of the winter? Well, it's uh, we'll see. Uh, again, our ability to forecast into the long range is ed- educated guessing at, at best. So, you know, we'll see if La Nina does do that kick in maybe later on. February is generally our coldest month. Terry Lang is a meteorologist with Environment Canada. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service, arcolabuildingsupplies.com. Protein Industries Canada is co-funding a new partnership to advance fermentation processing in Western Canada. 
One of the partners in the $1.3 million project is the Saskatchewan Food Industry Development Centre in Saskatoon. It will provide the location to develop emerging fermentation technology to produce novel plant-based food ingredients. The University of Saskatchewan is also involved with the goal of training students for future careers involving fermentation. Dan Prefontaine is the president of the Food Industry Development Center. Food Center is just in the throes right now of uh, constructing another 9,000 square feet that will be specially designed for protein and fermentation processing. So this will be another, not addition to this building, but addition, a uh, separate building on, on the piece of property that we own right behind us. And that building is sort of designed and slated to grow over the next 20 years. So we have a lot of space there and growing. Fermentation capacity size right now, what we're looking at is approximately to start is around 15,000, 15 to 20,000 liters. We quite haven't dialed in the exact amount. That will be made up of two large fermenters that will be installed. So it will give us some commercialization capacity. Um, the one thing we did before we did this project is we looked across Canada and the U.S. to see what type of capacity was available. And on the food fermentation side, there was little to none at that capacity. So this is going to be part of this ecosystem building. Prefontaine says the U of S will play an important role in providing a skills development training program for students. Darren Krober is the department head of food and bioproduct sciences. He says fermentation is drawing interest among food companies because it's sustainable and affordable. Protein Industries Canada, one of the five industry superclusters, has set an ambitious $25 billion goal for annual sales of plant-based food and ingredients by the year 2035. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. Grain prices were showing upward movement in early trading. Viterra prices for canola rose 10 cents at 9.9002. One red spring wheat gained 3.03 at 4.6511. The rest unchanged. Durham 7.0772. Feed barley 3.8364. Flax 1468.62. Lentils 9.8650. Oats 5.6663. Yellow peas, 608.61, feed wheat, 261.65. At Minneapolis, December, spring wheat was down nine and a quarter cents at 10.30 and a quarter cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Lee bringing the market report direct from Heartland and Swift Current for the week ending November the 26th. 7,500 head on offer last week. All class of cows sold steady to $2 higher. Good calves sold strong all week. Toward the end of the week, there were 2 to 3 higher with lots of demand. Here are the quotations. 3 to 400 pounds, 255 to 274 and a half. 4 to 500 pounds, 225 to 240. Five six hundred pounds, two oh five to two fifteen, six seven hundred pounds, one ninety five to two oh three, seven eight hundred pounds for one eighty five to one ninety six. Heifer three to four hundred pound heifer calf, two oh five to two fifteen, four to five hundred pounds, one eighty five to one ninety five, sales to two dollars, five six hundred pounds, one seventy five to one eighty eight. 
Six seven hundred pounds, one seventy-five to one eighty-five. Six seven hundred pounds, one sixty-five to one seventy-five. Our last sorted calf sales this Saturday, December the fourth, was twenty-two hundred head on offer. This has been Lee bringing the market report direct from Heartland and Swiftcart. Good day and good marketing. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, 168.58 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Today at 4 p.m. is the deadline to vote in the Sasquatch Director Elections. There are four positions up for election, and the candidates are Greg Burkich of Bladworth, Brett Halstead of Nokomis, Scott Hepworth of Assiniboia, Alan Kuhlman of Vanguard, Jake Legui of Weyburn, and Robert Stone of Davidson. Registered wheat producers who have paid a checkoff in the previous two crop years and not requested a refund in the previous year are eligible to vote. Results will be announced in December. Agribition has announced scholarship winners for 2020 and 2021. For 2020, $2,500 scholarships go to Holly Adams of Alberta, studying fourth-year veterinary medicine at the University of Calgary, and Hilary Sauter of Hodgeville, taking second-year animal science technology at Lakeland College. For 2021, the winners are Caitlin Anderson of Swan River, Manitoba, taking second-year master's degree in education at Brandon University, and Megan Nicholas of Milestone in fourth-year secondary education at the U of S. The Barry Andrew Family Scholarship of $1,500 for 2020 goes to Royce Molenbeek of Engelfeld in fourth-year Bachelor of Science in Agriculture at the U of S. For 2021, Cassidy Ross of Estevan, fourth-year major in Animal Science, minor in Agribusiness at the U of S. The 2020 William M. Farley Memorial Scholarship of $1,500 goes to Kristen Dixon of Regina, second-year health science majoring in dental hygiene at SAS Polytechnique, and for 2021, Kylie Dixon of Arcola, second-year veterinary technology at SAS Polytechnique. On the markets, the TSX is up 63 points at 21,189. The Dow has risen 325 points at 35,224. Oil has gained 290 at 7,105 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is up 7 hundredths of a cent at 78.23 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything egg. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.